From the VIP lounge to the gridiron, it's everything you need to know from pop culture to free throws. This is Cleats and Cocktails with your hosts, Meg and Taniella. Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Taniella. And I'm Meg. This week's episode of Cleats and Cocktails is brought to you by Ginger Beer Lemon Drops, which sounds really fancy. Um, it's basically a lemon version of a Moscow Mule. Um, it includes half an ounce of lemon juice, a teaspoon of honey, two ounces of vodka, lemon vodka if you have it, and then five to six ounces of ginger beer. I am disappointed. <laughs> I went into this thinking it was going to be like really tasty and basically while I was making them, it says that you have to combine all the ingredients except the ginger beer in a shaker, you mix it around with ice, toss it in a glass, add the ginger beer. Unfortunately, which I don't know why the recipe doesn't account for this, but the honey basically freezes over when you try to shake it with ice. Right. So it doesn't mix. All I had was this like big sludgy, like gluey mess at the bottom of the like shaker and a lemony tasting Moscow mule. Right. I mean, I still think it's good because it's just really, like you said, a lemony tasting Moscow mule. Well, then I tried to improv. So I actually heated up more honey in the microwave and then tried to drizzle it into the glass. And then I also just physically watched the honey like re-solidify as it touched the the liquid. So... You know, I mean, it's fine. It tastes good. I was just, like, hoping for bigger things. Right. (laughs) Well, you know. Anyways, so up this week, we're going to do our Pick 6 news stories. Um, We are going to do a fantasy football forecast where you guys have seen us. We've been polling for the last couple of weeks about what type of fantasy football you guys may be interested in doing. So we're going to give you a breakdown on that. Um, And then at the end, because we definitely meant to get to it last week, uh, we are going to do a little reality review. Yeah. It's a lot to discuss right now certainly is. Um, Okay, so let's just jump right into pick six. And it's going to be a pick six. All right, so up first this week, we're actually going to talk about a bit of a disappointing story out of Winnipeg. (laughs) You know, I wonder how often that sentence happens. (laughs) Um, Some of you may have seen last week, um, Winnipeg actually hosted a preseason NFL game between the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders. Um, So as we've talked about before on the podcast, the CFL field and the NFL field are not the same. Um, The CFL plays on both a longer and wider field. So obviously you would think that there would be some maneuvering that would need to be done of the field if you were going to host an NFL preseason game. Basically any planning whatsoever. Right. Which... I mean, I know it's tricky because they're in the middle of the CFL season. So it's not like they don't have, like, it's not like they would have had tons of time. Mm. But it seems like this was all just done in a very rushed manner. So essentially the main problem with this is that in adjusting the field, they had to move where the uprights are. um, Because in the CFL, they're at the front of the end zone. And in the NFL, they're at the back of the end zone. So they had to physically, like, pull out the upright, the big metal uprights, and move them. And so... I mean, I guess, like, what's a good option to fill the hole? I don't know, but putting a little crappy piece of turf over it certainly isn't going to be up to safety code. Well, especially because it has to go back afterwards. Right. Like, So it's not like you're going to fill that hole with, like, cement or something. I know. Yeah, so I, I just don't really... So anyways, basically what happened is the area where the uprights were for the CFL was that it wasn't playable because it was a hazard it wasn't up to like standards oh yeah for people safety. are gonna rip acls all over the exactly place. so they ended up having to play on an 80 yard field 
with instead of a hundred. Normally NFL's a hundred with the ten yard line having pylons to mark that that was the end zone line. This is so embarrassing. Yeah, it's like super shoddy. Um, yeah, so that wasn't great. Attendance also wasn't great. Tickets were quite expensive. I think I read that they were more expensive than other preseason games, which just seems weird. Like they're trying to jack it up because it's in Canada. So like. They think they can. Also, whose decision is it? Like the company, there's like a company that was the promoter of the event yeah. and it was like a Toronto-based company, but mm. like running it out of Winnipeg. So I wonder, is it their choice how much they're charging for tickets or is the NFL charge like deciding that? I don't know. I think um, it's just like, it's poorly thought out either way. Like we have our own football league here. Winnipeg is very devoted to the Bombers. So right. like if you're going to bring the NFL up here, then you should probably like appropriately price it. Right. And maybe don't put on such a shoddy game. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was sort of the not great stuff with the game. Um, Something just like a side note that's really random and funny is one of the rookies on Oakland showed up. uh, His name's AJ Cole, and he showed up in Winnipeg wearing a shirt that said Winnipeg, Alberta. Um, First question is, like, where did you even get the shirt and did you make it for yourself? You know that's an AliExpress purchase. (laughs) I, I just, I can't even, like... I just don't get it. Like I don't, I, know. I don't know where you buy that. There's a lot of questions just on the shirt alone. Yes. Let alone why he's wearing it. Right. So many questions. And then I guess obviously people had a lot to say about it and were like <laughs> ragging on him for like, uh, dude, like you're not even wearing, it's like, that's not even right. Like that's no, completely incorrect. So he tweeted after and said, apologies to the citizens of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Just a kid from Atlanta, Florida playing football in Oakland, Nevada with a low geography <laughs> IQ credit to him that's the perfect response it really is you know yeah oh my god it really is so anyways that's basically the uh, womp womp that is the preseason nfl game in winnipeg it's it's a pretty big womp womp yeah i would agree <laughs> um in other nfl news this week um quarterback for the indianapolis colts andrew luck has retired we're in the preseason, and he's officially called it a career. Yeah. Um, essentially, Andrew Luck has had some unfortunate, some, maybe a lot of unfortunate <laughs> years of football. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been injured in more ways than we can possibly count. He's missed a lot of football. This was supposed to be his big comeback year. Um, and I mean, like, I guess if you also think about it, if you're a professional athlete and you're constantly injured, it probably also takes a major mental, like, toll on you. Right. So a couple other, so one note about, like, who he is and you know why people may know who he is um is he actually took over from Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning left the Colts so most people will probably have heard of Peyton Manning I assume like pretty legendary quarterback um so he yeah Andrew Luck was drafted I guess in Peyton's last year yeah and then basically took over from him had a really good couple of years playing for the Colts and then it was just yeah injury 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 but the other thing about him is that he's actually really smart So, and he went to Stanford and has like a solid education. Like a lot of guys who play in the NFL, obviously they all have to go to college. They don't have to, but a lot of them go to college and then get drafted that way. But like the school part of it is not same with when we've talked about basketball, like that's not their main focus. They're there for sports. So Andrew Luck, I think is pretty smart and doesn't really want to like sacrifice that with more injury and... And fair, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think that also the really awkward part of this situation is that um, his retirement actually got leaked partway through a preseason game that the Colts were playing this past week. So fans in the stands 
found out about this because obviously people sign up for like alerts and stuff about their teams. So they find out about him retiring and the game is still going on. So they actually booed him off the field. Which I think is such a dick move. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. I mean, the guy's been injured several times. I was saying to Tiniella before we started recording, uh, without knowing much about his injuries, I have always sort of thought of him as a bit of a wussy because a lot of NFL players will have really substantial injuries and they come back super quick and they're playing through their injuries and like they just seem like they don't, they seem like they're superhuman and they don't need the amount of recovery time that most people would need. Whereas for him, I feel like he's he's in the NFL, but he comes across as more of an average human to me in his ability to deal with injury. Again, not knowing the details of his injuries. He's had a bunch of stuff. He's had like, um, obviously he had his major shoulder injury. He also ended up um, subluxing it and almost dislocating it. And he also has had a lacerated kidney, um, at least one concussion, a torn cartilage in his throwing arm, and injured ribs. Hmm. I mean, the lacerated kidney sounds horrible horrible right how do you like scratch an organ right (laughs) from like a really bad hit I guess so that's terrible yeah that is terrible so yeah obviously this like my comments are like I'm not I'm they're not educated like I don't know (laughs) I don't know about his injuries it's just like there's no one else that I can think of who has been out that much for injury it's really frustrating. And I'm sure that that's what I was saying earlier. Like, the mental toll of that is probably oh, just yeah. brutal, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. And, like, especially, like, he is a smart guy. So he probably has, like, like in his head had to go through a lot to, like, reconcile all of these injuries and get himself back and, like, psychologically in playing shape. And, like, he said that he, he just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel for him, you know? Football is already just a brutal sport to put your body through. And, like, I don't blame him if he doesn't, like, want to keep doing this. Exactly. So it's just a rough showing. Um, Also, as a quick side note, on the Houston Texans, Lamar Miller has also torn his ACL. So the AFC South division is just in shambles. Mm. All over the place. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of people who have already done their fantasy football drafts and had Andrew Luck. Uh, And are just like, what the fuck? Right. (laughs) Now what? So anyways, that's pretty much the NFL for the week until we jump into actual fantasy football. But just as a quick side note, don't draft Andrew Luck because he's no longer here. Right. All right. Good starting point. Um, Up next, we are going to quickly mention that the U.S. Open uh, for tennis has started today. Um, It is the last Grand Slam of the season. So as you remember, there are four. We are now at four of four. So... It, uh, it has started today in Flushing Meadows, New York. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That Very fancy. fancy. Um, so, kind of quick notes on some Canadian players. Unfortunately, Milos Raonic has withdrawn again due to injury. This time he's citing a glute issue. I don't know. This dude can't stay healthy, and it's really unfortunate because I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before. He was like... Like, he had the chance to potentially win. I think he made the finals. And, like, John McEnroe, who's, like, a legendary um, tennis player, sat in his box. Like, he said, like, I really think Milos can win. And it's just been a rough showing for him. Like, he just can't stay healthy. So, anyways, he's out. Um, The other two Canadians on the men's side, uh, Denis Shapovalov and Felix Auger-Aliassime, are actually playing each other again for the second year in a row in the opening round. It's so frustrating. Like, it just feels, like, purposeful. If it happens once in one year, you're like, fine, whatever. But then, like, two years in a row at the same Grand Slam, like, somebody doesn't want the Canadians to move on. Yeah. So it's really annoying because both of them could really use the points because obviously only one of them is going to come out on top. And if you don't 
make do better than the amount of points you won last year at that tournament it affects your ranking and blah 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 so so is the the matchup not at all based on your ranking it is so i think that um shapovalov is out of the like i don't know why but it shows him as unseated Whereas um, Felix, I think, is like, I don't know, 28th or something in the world. Okay. So I don't know if his ranking is just outside of the seeded ones or if before this tournament he wasn't high enough because they do the seedings a couple of weeks ahead of the tournaments. Okay. So like even for um, for Bianca, when she won the Rogers Cup, she was like unseeded at Cincinnati, which started right after it because they do the seedings ahead of the tournaments. Right. So, anyways, it's really annoying because only one Canadian's going to get to move on. But from the men's side. From the men's side. Um, Jeannie Bouchard has already played and lost, yes. as expected. Yep. No surprises there. Nope. I, <laughs> I don't... I, uh, she's just brutal. Um, but Bianca plays tomorrow, so obviously we're going to be watching for that. I think she plays tomorrow morning at 10.15. Um, oh, Eastern 10, Standard. Yes. Oh, I thought I read that it was twelve fifteen. I thought. Oh, it might be. So we should look that up because if it's twelve fifteen, we're on lunch. <gasps> Great call. Mm-hmm. We can stream it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big matchup for the opening rounds to note is um, Serena Williams is playing Maria Sharapova in the opening round. Maria Sharapova is a legendary tennis player, and then she got suspended for basically doping mm. and using banned substances. So she got suspended for like two years and has been trying to like work her way back onto being a seated player. So she's still not because she's, I don't think ever going to be as good as she was on drugs. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. true. Like she was amazing in her prime and now like she's not like she's clean, but she's not as good as she used to be. So anyways, right. I'm expecting Serena to like just annihilate her, but that's another one we can look forward to. Other than that, a lot of the opening rounds are like somebody you've never heard of versus a tennis player that's really good. So it usually ends pretty quickly. We'll check back next week. We'll give you an update. If you have any questions about tennis or the US Open, let me know. Happy to answer. Awesome. Um, Moving into our first of two golf stories. Um, This is the most golf ever. Um, so I'm going to start talking about the tour championship, which we talked about last week. So that's on the men's side. Um, so like we mentioned last week, this past weekend was the final leg of that tour and the winner, um, of this, uh, tournament this weekend won the FedEx cup, which is like winning the league essentially. Um, Right. This is like the playoffs one, right? Exactly. Yes. yes. So Rory McIlroy ended up winning, which is super exciting. He's had like a really good year overall. He won the Canadian open, which we talked about on the podcast. He also won another tournament earlier this year, um, like a smaller one, not a major. Um, But he did well in a couple of the majors too. So overall, pretty good season for him. And yeah, walks away with $15 million. What the F? From this tournament? $15 million! One five. Like, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, So he won. He actually was four strokes ahead of second place. So he did quite well. He It was like hit and miss like throughout yesterday. We were watching it and like... He was having good holes, bad holes, but then at the end he really like pulled it together and had a lot of really good shots. It was impressive. Um, Xander Shoffley was in what second place. <laughs> his name, every time I read his name, I'm like, it sounds like some a name that like an author would make up for like a fantasy novel. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, because Xander on its own is a bit of a strange name. Yeah. And then Shoffley as a last name, like just combining them There's together. There's a lot of letters in places right. and yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Um, so he came in second place, and then Brooks, Kepka, and Justin Thomas were tied for third place. So I think last week I had mentioned that Justin Thomas was first going in, and I actually had mentioned that he went into this tournament minus 10, which was true, except I didn't mention that the um, going into the tournament, the players who were in second place, third place, fourth place, they also went in like minus eight strokes, minus seven strokes. So everyone within the top few number of golfers all went in with an advantage. Okay. So... Even though he was minus 10, I'm sure, I don't know where Rory stood, but he, Rory would have been like minus six probably or something going okay. into. So he wasn't, it's not like he made a 10 stroke comeback to catch up to him. So, um, yeah, the other crazy thing about the weekend is the tournament, the tournament was in Atlanta. Um, and on Saturday they had a big storm and there was like a lightning strike during the um the round it was really intense it was yeah it was all trending all over twitter there were so many videos of it and stuff and they ended up having to end the round and finish it off sunday morning people had to Um, go to the hospital yeah six people were injured (laughs) and had to go to the hospital and i don't know if it's because they got struck by lightning or the tree like there was a tree that got yeah yeah yeah. i don't know if it fell and hit people i think it was also like like the shock i don't know i think it looked like if you watch the video people like fall over after the tree gets struck so i don't know if like like pieces hit them or like if there's like the sh- I don't know I don't wow. know how like electricity works like that <laughs> it's not really our forte we're not so meteorologists true. so true but still um, who gets struck by lightning at a fucking golf tournament yeah it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah I mean I guess that's why they stop playing if there's <laughs> if mean, there's lightning fair. like there's the there's the evidence and the proof right there so yep, <laughs> yep. um so the other golf story is um our girl Brooke Played in the uh, CP Women's Open in Aurora, Ontario. Sure did. Unfortunately, did not win. Nope. But I did watch her for the first time. I, I watched, did too. I watched it yesterday. I made an effort. I yeah. watched her. Yeah. I feel no, like we're I, like pretty obsessed with her, so it's only fair that I actually watch her compete in exactly. her sport. It was a little bit hard to find, as I feel like women's sports Shocker. typically is. Um, I had to like find a Reddit stream or Greg had to find a Reddit stream. I'm not really a Reddit person, so I don't really know how it works. And I always struggle once I get in there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, watched a little bit, but the, um, the Korean golfer who won Jin Young Ko, um, was just like totally killing it. She was killing it. Yeah. And so calm. Yeah, she was like scary, like stone faced. Yeah. Um, not in Aurora and not in the LPGA this weekend was us golfing. In in case you didn't see our Instagram. Perfect description. <laughs> also, um, when you're referring to me golfing, there's strong quotation marks around it. Because, hey, you made it. You made well, it through nine holes. You know, barely. It well, was... why don't you give us your, your impression of golf after your first ever real round? If I could sum it up in like one sentence it's that I was alarmed at how angry I was <laughs> to be honest I sort of was too because you ahead of time like we have talked about it and like that you're not really that competitive and so I was like it's a game against yourself so if you're not competitive like should be fine like you're not doing well pick up your ball call it a day didn't seem like it went like that for you <laughs> nope I smashed some clubs I literally like overhead smashed a club into the ground because yeah. and, and, and shrieked out loud. Like, I saw that one from the uh, from the hole next. To oh, you. there was more than one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, saw one. Anyways, it was a lot. <laughs> I struggled. You know what I think it was, and it was I was immensely frustrated at the fact that I couldn't, even though I was doing the same thing over and over, I wasn't getting the same result. Right. Like I practiced my swings. I went to the golfing range twice last week in preparation. The driving I was, range. 
yeah, whatever, that thing, the driving <laughs> range. I tried really hard. I, I prepped myself. I learned how to swing. And then when I got there and I did all the things that I learned how to do, I got a completely different result. And I was so mad. I was, You know what the worst part was? I think that, like, had I – what's it called when you hit the ball at the start of the hole, like where you use your driver? When you tee off. The tee off, yes. If I had literally – connected at any point on that shot I think I would have been less angry because I did not get a single one off correctly right so here's what I would just like remind you of so at the driving range you're in a very controlled environment where it's the exact same every time so you're shooting the exact same shot off the same tee potentially with the same club depending on what you're doing several 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 times so maybe like one out of ten of those is good but it's the same one over and over, right. repetitive, repetitive. Whereas when you're playing an actual round of golf, you never get that. You don't hit the same shot twice ever. Because even though it's a tee shot, you're, you know, you're walking up, you're putting your tee in the ground. It may be at a different height each right. time. The ball may be positioned differently. Like if you hit the club of your the head of your club, like one millimeter to the right or to right. the left on the ball, it's going to go different. Like that's just the nature of the sport. I think what we ended up finding out because like Nick was trying to give me pointers the whole time and I was like, I'm doing all of these things. I think what we realized far too late is that um, the club that I was using at the driving range had a really big face on it and the one that they gave us at the course had a really thin face. So all even though I was doing the same thing, I wasn't connecting in the right spot. And I kept saying that to Nick because he was like, your position looks fine. And I'm like, I know, but I'm hitting it in the wrong spot. I can feel it because it's not making that good sound that everybody right, all like, the ping right? sound. Yeah. The ping sound. Yeah. yeah, I got no pings. Um, so I think that that was part of the problem is that like, because they were different shapes, my estimate, like all of that was completely yeah. off. So what we've determined is that at the end of this season, I'm going to go look for a driver yeah. so that it's mine and yeah. I can do exactly the same thing with it and nothing will change right. and it will be easier for me to understand. Cause that's the first, like, I mean, I'm certainly no professional golfer or even, I wouldn't even say I'm an amateur. I'm like less than that. But, <laughs> but I feel like being able to like hit it well off the tee is the first step. Like totally. if you can hit it well and straight and consistent and like a decent distance, then at least you start the hole off well. Yes. And then if you have to hack at it a bunch to get it onto the green and then putt it a bunch to get it in the hole, like that stuff will come. Yeah. But you just have to get con- like somewhat consistent at being able to hit it off the tee. And as I think a starting that point. that's what made me so mad is that I could never like start the hole off right. Like I, I at no point did I finish a hole strictly based on my own strokes. Like I kept having to pick my ball up and move it to somebody else's. Right. But again, it's your first time. Like I've played so many rounds of nine holes and I still am like, have a lot of holes where I feel like doing that. I won't allow myself to pick up the ball. Like I will hack at it and hack (laughs) at it until it gets there just because I, that's just how I am. But yeah, I still definitely have a lot of holes where I, usually I give myself, because I keep score, like par plus four is the max I will allow myself to write down on the scorecard. Mm. I'll, I'll take as many shots as it needs to get in the hole, but I'll only ever write down par plus four. So if it's a par four hole, I'll give myself eight as a max, even if it takes me 12 shots to get it in. And that's just because I don't want to write 12 down on the scorecard. That's just annoying. And that's not fun. I didn't get a scorecard because I knew it would be bad. Right. So that's it was probably better that a good way. start. Yeah. The other one I was okay with, like the iron, that one I hit like 40% of the time after a few tries. So like that one I got because like that one was very similar to the driving range because like it all made sense to me there. And like that one I figured out, but that driver 
fucking ruined my life. And then, like, I just got more and more angry as it kept going. And then, like, we played with Nicolette, and she's never played, but she kept hitting the ball. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I, tr- I tried so hard leading up to this. It was just, it was frustrating. And then everyone was watching, and then I got really stressed out. So yeah. it was a lot. Yep. I hit one good putt at the very end. You and did? That was in front of everyone. <laughs> like, it was a lot. It was good. But... I am willing to try again. Yeah. I had to separate myself afterwards. Like, you saw how mad I was. Uh, yeah. Like, ragey. I was, like, and I'm not an angry person. Like, yeah, I bitch and complain a lot, definitely. But I'm not a genuinely, like, angry person. So, like, that much rage was, like, alarming. Like, how much anger it brought out of me. Like, I had to stop talking because I was, like, every time I open my mouth, it's just going to be banshee shrieking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, expletives all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Also, oh, I need to drink more. You what? I need to drink more. Oh, yes. I mean, we were there a bit early. Like, if you do, like, a more of an afternoon round, then you can really, like, get into the drinks more. Um, overall, I thought it was super fun, though, to, like, golf as a big group like that. And we all waited for each other at the ninth hole. And then there was, like, 11 of us who golfed the ninth hole together. Again, Tanielo obviously doesn't love everyone watching. No, but it's just, it was like, stressful. I don't know. It was kind of fun and funny that there were, like, 11 balls all around the green at the, or, like, yeah, on, around the green at the same time. I said we, we all, looked like a drum circle because yeah. we were all just around, around the, the hole yeah. <laughs> in a circle. Yeah. Yeah, I'll um, do it again. I think that, like, once I have my own stuff, I can also then kind of hone in on what I need to do, and I'm going to watch more videos, and I'm going to yeah. make a genuine effort. It's one of those things, too, where you have to do it a lot to be good at it. Right? Like, it's if you just do it sporadically, it's it's going to take a long time to get better. I still do it very sporadically. But this week was, like, the best game of golf I've ever played. I'm proud of you. Yeah, it was good. I was really happy with myself. That's good. Yeah. I sunk a super long putt. That was obviously such a fluke, because it always is. Like, even, I think even <laughs> if good golfers, like, they have more, you know, skill and technique behind it. But, like, nine times out of ten, they won't make a 50-foot putt. But I just randomly made one. So, that was exciting. <laughs> Um, and I parred three holes. Wow. Yeah, and bogeyed two. Wow, I'm so proud like of you. So five, five of the nine holes were like decent. The other ones were like sevens and eights. <laughs> so that's why overall my score still wasn't amazing. But I was, yeah, I was really happy with myself. It was a bit of a fluke, but. I'm trying to tell myself that like I need to just suck it up and keep going. Because like with snowboarding, it was very similar. Like snowboarding, you suck the first five times you go and it's really painful and it's all terrible. But then mm-hmm. you keep going and it gets more fun. So like. In theory, I can, like, in my head, rationalize needing to go again. I was just Well, here, I'll give you another reason, is that, um, like, golf, you can do golf in warm places. And I know you like to be in warm places. And so it's, like, a fun (laughs) activity that you can, like, because Nick's into golf, right? So you can be like, babe, let's go to Arizona on, like, a fun trip, and we can golf over there. And then it's, like, an added, like, ooh, like, piques his interest, you know? Yeah, I think we also need to continue to go to only very cheap, easy courses yes, for a while. That because, definitely helps. Um, there's no way I could justify anything more than I think the $20 we spent each yeah. with how bad I was. Yes, also, then it would stress me out if people were really good. And oh, I'm yeah. Really and they're, bad. like, rushing you yeah. and stuff. Yeah. No, but none of that's fun. I, I don't like going to courses like that. I intentionally go to courses that are, like, super laid back, low key, whatever. Yeah. So. So that was golf. Yep, that was golf. It was a lot. Um, well, moving into our final news story of the week, um, Lindsey Vaughn and P.K. Subban are officially engaged, and it is the best thing ever. 
It's potentially the best news of this whole month. It, yeah, it very well might be. It has really saved uh, 2019 in general. So um, we obviously stand hard for PK Subban and Lindsey Vaughn, who are literally the best. Um, he is like PK Subban. We were talking about this earlier, and like their relationship is like Lindsey Vaughn is super like like introverted or like not outgoing or extroverted and super loud, and PK Subban is like ah all the time. Yeah. And that's basically Meg and I yep. with our husbands, but yep. just the reverse. Right. So obviously we understand this relationship on like a personal level. Yes. Um, I just want to play the video that he posted of, I mean, I guess this was like just post-engagement basically. Yes. Um, but I'm super into it and I think it's hilarious. So I want to play it. Put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Put that rizzy on the little left lizzy. Put the flizzy on the fizzy. That's a, fizzy. That's a ring on a finger? What does that even mean? Oh, 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 Jingle snap. Jingle snap. Snap, 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 snap. Back. Oh. It's locked down. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. He is just so it like in the you should go to his Instagram and watch it because yeah. in the video they're in the back of a car and Lindsay Vaughn is just sitting there like resting her hand on her no resting her head on her hand like not impressed and he is just like dancing and like flipping the video back from him to her and like is just real jazzed up about it. They're so cute. So cute. PK Subban is such a gem of a human. Um, other PK Subban news of this week because I think we should just devote a whole new story to them. Of course. Um, P.K. Zuban also posted his cell phone number on his Instagram and has encouraged people to text him to, like, talk to him. <laughs> Actually, if you go on his Insta right now, his cell phone's on there. It's, like, a 647 number. Oh, my god! Yeah, he's the best. And, like, he's posted stories of people actually texting him. And he's giving them, like, legit advice. Like, it seems like, obviously, I'm sure there's lots of people who are, like, stu- saying stupid shit. But some people have legitimately reached out. And he posted a story about a kid who was, I guess, offered, like, a semi-pro contract and he was trying to decide whether to do that or go to college and like PK's giving him legit advice on like what to do and like telling him to work hard and it's just like so cute and like every one of his insta stories that he's posted in the last week have been like text me like he's at the barber and he's like here's my number text me let me know what's going on like just a beauty he is also he posted a video this past week of him singing like serenading essentially Lindsay Vaughn in spin class and like would you not literal goals our husbands would never step foot in a spin class, no. first of all. Right. Like, let alone serenade us in any capacity. Right. Even would... in our own households. <laughs> Although, you missed out on some sing-alongs on Saturday night. Greg's falsetto was coming out strong. Ooh. He only really likes to sing if it's in falsetto. He doesn't really know how to not sing in falsetto. <laughs> so even if a song is, like, in regular key, and I'm singing it, like, regular, he always is one-upping me on, like, how high it is, because he just doesn't know how to not do falsetto. I, I love that his default singing voice is super high. Yeah. It's, I don't know how or where it came from, but that's... That's beautiful. Yeah. Can he that serenade is. me one day? I love a good falsetto. <laughs> I mean, you can ask. Okay, and on that note, uh, that concludes pick six for the week. It sure does. It sure does. And now we are moving into our fantasy football forecast. So um, we have, as I said earlier, have been taking uh, votes for the past couple of weeks about whether you guys were interested in playing either fantasy football, traditional, or survivor pool. As it turns out, the room is split. Mm -hmm. The room is split. So I think we've decided that we're going to do both. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course we have. Yeah. Um, 
I think we're just going to kind of split it. So Tanyella is going to take the Survivor League and run with it. And I'm going to take the Fantasy Football League and run with it. Um, so anybody who, um, well, really, I guess anyone who's into either, we're going to have to get in touch to get your email addresses. Yes. Um, because we're going to have to send you the link to join the league through Yahoo. So um, you'll probably want to get a Yahoo account. Well, you'll have to get a Yahoo account yes. for either league. Um, if Getting the Yahoo app on your phone or iPad or whatever will make it easier than doing it through your computer. Yes. Um, so I think the... Um, not I think the fantasy football draft for the traditional fantasy football league will be next week either on Tuesday or Wednesday the third or the fourth um once it's confirmed I will obviously communicate that with everyone who's going to be in the league um and so this week we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown of that like so what traditional fantasy looks like the positions the players that sort of thing and then next week on our episode we will go into a little more detail on survivor league and the different teams Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing yeah i think it's better that we do fantasy football first because the draft has to happen before the season starts and I guess in theory, but it should. Um, and Survivor Pool doesn't require a draft or a whole lot of workups, so we can easily do that next week. It's more important that we get you guys up to speed on who to choose if you are going to be participating. We also encourage everyone to participate in both because they actually yeah. are two completely different things. Yeah. Um, one is very player-focused and one is obviously team-focused. So if you want a taste of like how to really get yourself into NFL from like a very – like specific perspective on players versus like a more general on teams we actually encourage you to do both totally um just before we start really like jumping into everything i just thought i would give everyone a bit of an overview or just brief story on how i got into fantasy football which is literally um you know 15 minutes before greg's draft was starting with all of his friends they suddenly realized they needed one extra person like they had an odd number and they really wanted an even number so there were this like everyone had a match up each week whatever so they were like scrambling to try and find like a 10th person or 12th person or whatever it was and Greg and I were living together so he was like I mean Meg's here like maybe she would do a team and I think he had in mind that that would then just equal him having two teams um but I was like no no like I'll do this, but if I'm doing this, like I'm doing it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. this is my team. I'm making the choices. I'm doing everything. And he was like, okay. So I had one season of watching football under my belt, very casually watching football, yeah. I will add. And then basically just went in completely blind to the draft and just picked players based on the teams that I thought I liked or like names that I had heard of in the past or whatever. So. Wasn't this also, like, the onset of our friendship, too? Like, this was pretty early on in us being friends. I think this was before I even knew you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I think <sighs> it was when we first moved here. We had been in Toronto for two weeks. Oh, that would make sense. And then, yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. we didn't meet till almost the next year or whatever. But, yeah. Um, so, basically, what I'm saying is if you listen to this segment of our podcast, you will go into the draft more informed than I did into my first one. And my first year was actually still so much fun. I loved it. And it's obviously what's gotten me into football in general, so. I will also say, Megan and I were discussing this before recording, and there's something like very pure about doing fantasy football in your first year, because as you, like once you do it once, there's a good chance you're gonna be addicted enough that you're gonna come back year over year, because like for some reason it's like a drug. Mm -hmm. Even though there's nothing on the line, like you care so much. Yep. So you'll keep coming back, and as you come back, you're probably gonna do more research, you're gonna be more familiar with the players, but in that first year, you go into it just like, who cares? Mm-hmm. I'm going to just do whatever seems right. I'm going to follow my gut. I have no idea. I don't have a hot clue what's happening. And like, 
every single time that you end up having a pretty decent year. Yeah. And honestly, and there's something like really beautiful about that. You get angrier as you play this longer because like you learn more. So you're mad when all your hard work doesn't come to fruition. Right. You expect more of yourself and your choices. Totally. Whereas in that first year, embrace it. Like totally go in, do as much research or as little research as you want. We'll give you our like overview of as much as we can, but it's a lot of information to take down. There's a, by the way, like we'll also talk about it. There's a million places you can research on the internet. There's a million podcasts. Um, you can, we're going to give you like some websites or things to search if you want to do your own research. Um, but it is a wealth of knowledge out there. Everyone has their own opinions on people and we'll give you ours too. Um, I feel like our opinions are very close to like the average viewers, you know, yes. like we don't spend obviously a lot of time breaking down people's like averages and like stats all and all numbers, that shit. No. I don't give a shit. No. Uh, but we do play fantasy football. We're very into football. So we'll give you what we know and yeah. we'll go with it. Exactly. So we're going to um, do some overview of all the different positions and players. But basically the first thing I wanted to say in terms of guidance, in terms like regarding which players to draft when you're actually drafting. So we'd actually recommend that you use an ADP, which is just a list of average draft position. That's what ADP stands for. So essentially this is like all the 2019 NFL drafts for fantasy football that have happened. They just basically take an average of the position that each player is drafted in. Yeah. Um, so if you basically just Google fantasy football ADP 2019, there will be a ton of options. Um, I did a little like quick look and fantasy, um, pros and fantasy alarm are two sites that I actually like the, um, format of. They're really easy to follow. Um, when you first go in, it's going to give you all the players from every position all ranked together, but you can also break it down into each position. So quarterback, wide receiver, etc. Um, We should also mention Yahoo when you go into your actual draft. First of all, Yahoo actually does mock drafts. So if you want to take like a a sample of what your draft will look like, if you've never done it before, go in and do a mock draft. You're just with like random people and you can like kind of play around and see how it's formatted. But Yahoo will put, um, will do their ADP based on all players. You can separate it into position, but when you go into your draft, it's going to literally have all the players eligible for draft in regardless of position based on their ranking yes so you may want to look at both like you're obviously going to want to know who's the best in their respective position but you also want to know them relative to just all the players because that actually affects how you draft exactly and one thing i would note is when you're looking at the adps you want to make sure you're looking at the rankings for non-ppr leagues ppr stands for points per reception it's basically just a different type of league i'm not going to get into the specifics of what it is you basically just need to know that what we're doing is non-ppr um and yeah don't search for that position. It'll give you a different result for who's the best to draft yeah. versus traditional fantasy. Right. So non-PPR is what you're looking for. Um, so I guess like we might as well just kind of jump into the position. Yeah. So the main positions that you're going to need to know are quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense. So those are the spots on your roster that you're going to have to fill. Um, you're going to need one quarterback in your lineup each week, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and then there will be one flex player, which means they can either be a wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And They're then, basically like a bonus position. Exactly. And then also you'll have a bunch of players on your bench, which I mentioned previously. So whether those players are a wide receiver, a quarterback, like whatever you want those players to be. There's no rules about that. When they're on your bench, they're just on your bench. You can have a bench full of quarterbacks if you want to. You could. You can do anything you want. It'd be an interesting um, 
strategy, but... <laughs> I was listening to um, Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was talking about how he has, like, six quarterbacks every year. Oh. And, like, he just doesn't care because he partially, like, it takes it away from other people so that they can't get as many points, and then he just picks whoever he wants that week who it looks like they have the best matchup. That's interesting. What uh, do you do if your wide receivers or your quarterback or your running backs get injured? You well, don't have good fill-ins. That's right. Right. <laughs> right. So, high risk, high reward, baby. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so starting with quarterbacks, so basically I'm going to give you like baseline knowledge. I'm assuming most people are going to know this, but essentially this is the player who gets the ball headed to them by the center and makes the plays. So like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, like they're all quarterbacks. Um, essentially the way they score points in fantasy is for passing yards. So that's for throwing the ball and having it caught by one of their players. Um, rushing yards, which is if they run with the ball themselves. Um, and for throwing in a touchdown. Um, They can lose points for interceptions. So essentially, if they throw the ball and someone from the other team, so someone from the defensive side, catches the ball, they actually lose points for that because that's an interception. Um, So in terms of point breakdowns, um, basically, like, if they throw in a a touchdown, somebody catches the ball in the end zone, they get four points. Um, They get one point for every 10 yards that they run with the ball over the course of the whole game. Um, interceptions are minus one point and then passing yards are 25 yards for every one point. So for every 25 yards that they successfully pass the ball to a receiver, they get a point. All of this really does not matter. I'm just giving you this as a general overview. So you sort of understand the gist of where the points come from, but essentially Yahoo calculates all of that for you as it goes. So if you have somebody in your lineup and they do any of those things, they will just get points and they will get added to your total. The other thing, the reason why it's worth mentioning is because if you are, if you were to pull up like a list of, let's say the best quarterbacks to draft, what often the websites will post is all of the stats in relation to fantasy football. So what you'll see is something like, like, Patrick Mahomes, like 5,000 passing yards, five touchdowns or whatever, 50 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. And like, there's just, uh, there's a list of like a whole bunch of numbers and a whole bunch of abbreviations. And they're all related to fantasy football because all of the things that they list are calculated in their scores. Yeah. So if you have questions, maybe we can post a story and break down each one so people know how to read them Mm -hmm. because, um, that actually can affect it. Like people who have really high passing yards tend to get a lot of points. Um, there are also quarterbacks who like to run, like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So some people like to draft him. So there's lots of things to think about, um, but we can try and break it down for you so it's less like what the hell are all these numbers and letters and things I don't get. Right. Um, so yeah, the first ranked quarterback right now is Patrick Mahomes, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, last year was the first year that he actually played as a starting quarterback. The year before, he played as a backup for Alex Smith and then um, was drafted the year prior to that. So um, they actually had a really good season last mm-hmm. year. Like, they made it pretty far into playoffs. Um so yeah, it makes sense that he would be kind of first overall right now. Um, do you have anyone else that you're kind of feeling strongly about from a quarterback stance? Um, obviously, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think I actually had him last year. He had like 5,000 plus passing yards. He was just a monster. Um, I I always really like Drew Brees. Me too. I mean, I'm a Saints fan, so like that <laughs> plays into it for sure. He was my first quarterback in my first Aww. fantasy league ever, and I drafted him first overall, <gasps> which is so like outrageous. We'll get into like the into the kind of um, strategy around drafting, but usually you don't draft a quarterback early on; they kind of stay till later. But I drafted him first overall, and everyone was like, what is this girl doing? Because I was just like, I need him on my team. Yeah, I don't blame you. He's yeah. amazing. Um, I always, like, I'm always 
drawn to getting him because he always has such a solid number of passing yards. Yeah. You know, like that's the he's thing that consistent. It, yes. Yes. He's totally consistent. Um, and I feel like I don't think the Saints have gotten worse this year. No. You know? Nope. So I don't hate him. Aaron Rodgers is still right, ranked very highly for quarterbacks. I actually think he's like number two in ADP right now. Um, other notables, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, who, like, I don't mind. I think he had an okay season last year, but yeah. I just I don't trust the Texans in general. True. That's the other thing to think about is, like, if a quarterback's really good, but the rest of their team isn't necessarily good, they can't get points if they don't have anyone to throw to. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins would be the option. So, like, in, maybe there's something there. I mean, he's ranked pretty highly, so he it's might true. be a good option. Yeah. Um, um, and obviously, then, we're both huge on Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cleveland Browns quarterback. Because apparently we're Cleveland fans now. Yeah, I think I really want to, like, try to get Baker on my team. Yeah. So that I have a really good reason to want to watch the Cleveland games and, like, be a Browns <laughs> fan. Because I'm just, like, really into Cleveland now after our trip last year. Another one to note that I actually have felt pretty decent on and... <laughs> I obviously am a sports professional, um, is Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. So Atlanta had a fucking garbage year last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But Matt Ryan actually had a statistically really strong fantasy season quietly while his team was like kind of burning around him. So they're actually expecting a pretty big bounce back year for Atlanta. And if Matt Ryan stays consistent, he actually should be a pretty decent choice. He's actually ranked fourth in ADP right now. Um, So I don't hate him as a choice. Right. Also, a bit of a risky move, but potentially could pay off, is our boy Kyler Murray, who we've spoken Uh. about. So he was the first overall draft pick in this year's draft, playing for Arizona. Going to be the starter as far as I know. Yep. Um, So risky in the sense that we don't really have any stats to go off of him in the NFL. He played great in college. Yep. We don't really know how he's going to do. He still doesn't have a great team around him. So like that could be sketchy. Currently on the list I'm looking at, he's ranked 12th in terms of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that could be worthwhile. Like, like Danielle and I mentioned, we don't do a ton of research. A lot of my choices go off like emotions, which <laughs> they do in all of my life. So that's just who I am as a person through and through. But, consistent. um, yeah. So basically like for me, if I couldn't get Baker, like, or Drew Brees, like he would probably be honestly my next choice simply because I just like feel connected to him and I like want him to do well and trust that he will do well. So I'm just like... <laughs> You know, you know, good for you for being a motivational choice picker. <laughs> I'm very much of the, I would go after Patrick Mahomes. And if not, I would probably, I would probably consider Matt Ryan because I don't think other people will take him. Right. I feel like he's going to be, everyone knows Atlanta wasn't great last year. So I feel like he's going to be passed over pretty quickly. And like, I don't hate the choice. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you guys pick him and he's shit. <laughs> we should probably point out. We We're apologizing far in advance. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, Okay, do you want to do a little overview of uh, the wide receiver position? Yes. So wide receivers are the ones, if you're watching football, the quarterback gets the ball and they like launch it into the air and somebody catches it, that's the wide receiver, generally. Typically, yeah. So they are um, typically very fast. They run down the field doing different like routes. So they'll be like zipping all over the place. They try to lose their defender. Um, But basically, they try to catch the ball. That's basically their whole thing. Yeah. Notable wide receivers include Antonio Brown, um, Odell Beckham Jr., 
Michael Thomas. They're probably the ones that like most people would see it come up in like a draft really early on. And that we would have talked about on this podcast before. Yes, so those fair. are names you may have heard. So I mean, um, when we're thinking about like actual like draft position, right now the top like four or five positions overall and all players are kind of held by running backs. Mm-hmm. So wide receivers are slowly coming in around like five to 10 position and draft ranking. So um, top wide receiver is the Houston Tech- Texans, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I've had DeAndre before. I don't hate him. Yeah. I've always had him as like a second or a third option though. I've never had him as my number mm. one. Like it's, I'm, I'm very surprised by that to be honest. Like I don't know what's happened or what's changed that he's moved up the rankings that much. I wonder if they're thinking in, in conjunction with Deshaun Watson coming up the rankings. I'm wondering if they're thinking Deshaun's going to take a bigger leap, which is going to therefore help DeAndre Hopkins. Because could be like he's been consistent for five years. He's just always had trash quarterbacks. It's true. So maybe this is finally the year. And like I don't hate DeAndre Hopkins to be honest. Like he's fairly consistent, and sometimes he has a monster game. Yeah, it's true. Um, in coming up second, and I don't know if you saw this on other websites too. I'm looking at Devonte Adams of Green Bay. I did, and none of us really know why. Yeah. Well, I say none of us. Obviously, the sports world knows why. Right. Meg and I are sort of like the f. Yeah. Yeah. But he I, plays for Green Bay. I don't know if you said that. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like I. I know. Same thing is that like he. I just don't know what's changed because in previous years he has not been great. No. Um, far less great, in my opinion, than a lot of people who are below him in the rankings. Like, I just don't really get it. And has Green Bay improved since their situation last year? Nothing that I know. No, me neither. So, I mean, this is his average draft position currently. If you want to jump on him, I would say maybe do a little more research as to what the big leap forward that he's done to earn his higher draft spot. Yeah. Um, Michael Thomas is the next up wide receiver. He plays for New Orleans, Meg's team. Yep. He's pretty solid. Yeah, he just got paid big bucks in the offseason. They signed him on a contract um, that was pretty substantial. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty great. I've had him the past couple of years on my team, and he – I mean, I guess – I would also say he's relatively consistent, but he's relatively consistent at like a mediocre level of points. Mm. So he doesn't necessarily have those down weeks where he's going to get you one point, but he also doesn't necessarily always like very often have those up weeks where he's going to get you 20. So he like consistently stays in the middle around like maybe 10, 12, 15 even, but like in that like kind of average range. So for me, I, the style of fantasy football that I always gear towards, obviously you want to try and get like those big weeks where people score stupid amounts of points, but I'm actually very much a, if everyone does mediocre, it's better than having like, like in, for me, it always works that I have a bunch of people doing like relatively decent versus like one player who's gotten me like negative four points and one person who got me 20. Right. So like I always end up averaging, like I like to have like sort of in the middle. So that's why I'm not mad. The thing about Michael Thomas, the thing that always gets me about professional athletes is they always play amazing in a contract year. And then they, then they get paid, and then they have a shit year. Mm. So that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause, because you see it in the NBA all the time. Right. They get paid, and then they're shit. Right. So I'm curious to see what happens if he keeps it up, because he got fucking paid in the offseason. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another big pick for me is Juju Smith-Schuster. I had him on really? my team last year. He plays for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And let's all keep in mind that in the offseason, Antonio Brown, who was the number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh, got traded to the Oakland Raiders. And so now... Juju is going to be their number one guy. That's fair. For, from a wide receiver perspective. So I'm pretty big on him. He did, he's very, very talented. He's very good. 
He is. He's really talented. So I, I expect he will do very well. I think my only fear is if Ben Roethlisberger isn't up right. to snuff, yep. then it might affect him. Definitely. But I agree. He's young. He's talented. Yeah. Um, also, alongside uh, Baker Mayfield fans, we have Odell Beckham Jr., formerly of New York Giants fame, who moved to Cleveland in the offseason. Um, I love OBJ. Yeah. I fucking love him. It's funny. I call him ODB. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people call him ODB. Okay, so it's a mixture. Greg is always like, that's not his name. And I'm like, but I got it from somewhere. I didn't make it no, up. No, I think somebody... like, like they, Odell yeah. Beckham. Yeah. Whereas OBJ is Odell Beckham Jr. I always call him ODB. But anyways, that's just a relevant side story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love OBJ. I had him the first year he was in the league, and he basically won me the league he, single-handedly. He's one of those, like, total freak athletes. Like, he's a he, freak of nature. Yeah. Like, if he's on his game and Baker Mayfield's on his game, like... It's going to be exciting. Yep. Like, Cleveland's going to be exciting to watch, which, yeah. like, when's the last time we said Cleveland was exciting to watch? Oh, I know. It's like, been a while. <laughs> it's been, what, a half a century? Yeah. Um, he is currently listed around, like, 11 or 12 for draft position behind a few other wide receivers. Oh, I have him at six on my list. Oh, do you? I yeah. have him at 12. So, I mean... Are you overall, or are you just looking no, at no, no, wide receivers? No, no, overall. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at just wide receivers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, basically... I like him. I'm that's sort of my emotional choice because when he's on, if they connect, he is so stupidly good. Like I think one time he got me like 32 points or something in mm-hmm. one day, and I was just like, "How is this even possible?" Yeah. So, anyways, we love a good OBJ. Yeah. I also uh, sorry one last person that I'm into, and this is like sort of an emotional pick too, is Adam Thielen. Oh yeah, no, me um, too. I'm actually super high on Adam yeah. Thielen. He plays for Minnesota, and uh, I think way this, he's going into his third year. He's currently ranked tenth out of wide receivers. Um, but in his rookie season, I ended up getting him, like picking him up midway through the season, and he was like, he was impressive. I like I was into him. I'm I'm kind of one of those people where with fantasy, like if you burn me once. <laughs> if you burn me once as a player, like you have a real bad season and it like totally tanks my fantasy league, I'm just, I'm going to boycott you. Alternatively, if I like pick you up randomly and you have a really good season and you like do good things for my team, like I'm just going to love you forever. So Adam mm-hmm. Thielen is one of those people for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually am super high on Adam Thielen too. There was some stat that came out that Minnesota played like exponentially better when he was on the field. So, oh. or like, I don't know, whatever it was. Anyways, right. I he's ranked pretty far down. So we're going to talk about strategy at the end of this. We're already running late on this podcast, but we're going to talk about strategy briefly and we'll talk about like sleeper picks and things like that because yeah. it's actually really important to note in a part of fantasy, but we'll move to running backs. Yes. Now. So typically the running backs are the ones who are handed the ball by the quarterback and will run down the field with it. But in or recent- into a pile of dudes. Well, yeah. So they're like, you'll see those dumb plays where they like pass off the ball and then somebody runs into like a whole bunch of people hoping to like plow out the other side, which obviously doesn't happen that often. <laughs> um, I actually hate those plays personally. Me too. Um, but in more recent years, the running backs will also play similarly to the wide receivers. So although they'll set up in a position where they're actually behind the quarterback, once the quarterback gets the ball, the running back will actually run out and run their own route and get past the ball. Like there's quite a few running backs in the league now Mm -hmm. who are good at receiving passes as well. So, um, it makes them super dangerous. Definitely. So basically, um, points for them would come from like receiving yards, rushing yards, which is like running. Rushing is, is equivalent to running. Um, they get, uh, yeah, points for their rushing yards, points for, um, two point conversion. So after they get, after a team gets a touchdown, most of the time they kick 
um, the ball through the uprights to get the extra point. But they always have the option of setting up at the what is it like five yard line or something like that and then running the ball in in theory like for a touchdown but it doesn't count as a touchdown it counts as a two-point conversion so instead of getting one point you get two so a lot of times they'll be used in that situation um they will actually lose points and this is the same for the wide receivers they'll lose points for fumbles so if they like have possession of a ball and then they like fumble it and drop it to the ground and somebody else recovers it they actually lose points for that because then obviously they're turning the ball over to the other team. Um, So from a points perspective, that's sort of how it works for them. Um, Running backs are also potentially the most coveted position. They tend to be in fantasy, the one that gets drafted first. If you're a good running back, you almost always go first overall. Yeah. It's either the wide receiver or the running back who tends to go first overall. Running backs have become more and more valuable as time has gone on. And like they pretty consistently become the number one overall pick in the last few years Um, and this year is no exception looking at number one is kind of across the board is Saquon Barkley of the New York New York Giants yep did we both have him last year was that our thing was that we both went in on him yeah yeah we uh so he was a rookie last year and so my the fantasy league that I play in has keepers which means you keep players year over year and so because of that there's not as many of the like top players available but all the rookies are available because no one can keep them and I had the first overall pick last year Mm. so I took him first overall because there Why weren't not? yeah exactly and it totally paid off so yeah, I'm he's big awesome. on him I would love to have him on my team again this year the other good news is that with Odell Beckham Jr. no longer playing for the New York Giants Saquon's gonna be very much their number one guy right and he's super talented like he's yeah. another freak athlete yeah definitely so basically like right now he is going first overall overall like in the entire draft all positions right so when we set everything up we're gonna get put in a randomized order of in terms of draft like who drafts when so in our league if you end up with the first overall pick I'm not gonna tell you who to pick but you should probably pick Saquon (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo's also gonna tell you to pick Saquon they are yes Um, in a close second is uh, Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints um, he, Meg has had him on his team, her team before. He's pretty solid, and yeah. it seems like they're very, very high on him ahead mm-hmm. of Michael Thomas, the wide receiver, um, this year. So he might be a really solid second choice. He's also one of those guys who will receive the ball well as well, so yes. not just run. So that's, I think, why. Yeah, so those are the types there. of players where if you can get them, where they both can be sort of a wide receiver and a running back, it makes them significantly more dangerous in just a football sense, but it opens you up to getting so many more points. Right. Um, another like really well-known uh, running back would be Ezekiel Elliott of mm-hmm. the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, Currently unclear if he's going to play. Exactly. So like we mentioned, I think last week uh, on the podcast, he's currently waiting for a contract um, with the team and basically is not playing until he gets the contract. So it's really up in the air whether he's going to play this season at all or not. So, I mean... Risky choice. Risky choice for sure because you're going to have to draft him quite high if you do draft him. And then he may not even play. So... It happens. Something to keep in mind. This is kind of like the the downside of fantasy is that like you may end up spending one of your first picks on someone who, if he plays, will be phenomenal. And if he doesn't, he's going to sit on your bench. Right. The other thing that obviously comes into play is injuries. Like yes. I had David Johnson on my year or on my, um, on my year. Me too. <laughs> on my, uh, on my team for a couple of years. Um, David Johnson is running back for the Arizona Cardinals. So playing with our boy, Kyler Murray. Um, so maybe he'll, he'll do better this year. I don't know. But, uh, in his rookie season, he had like an insane, insane fantasy year. I had him on my team following year. He gets injured. What week one? 
He got injured in the first quarter. I took yeah. him as my first overall pick. Yeah. So these are the types of things that can One happen. One quarter. One quarter. I'm not over it. And he David was Johnson. out the entire season. So you waste your first round pick and they get injured. But you have no way of predicting nope. this. This is just one of the factors of fantasy football. We should point out that football is sort of like you line all the players up and in front of a firing squad and then like there's people who go down every week. Right. Like there's like by the end you can literally field your own all ACL team. Right. For all the people who will tear ACLs this season. Exactly. So it's part of the risk. Um, what were you hearing about uh, Todd Gurley? Huh. Todd Gurley has fallen quite far. Um, he's currently looking at around like a maybe 13, 14 position ADP. Um, I have done a little bit of work on him and what the overall consensus is, is that he is due for a down year. The thing with Todd Gurley, and we talked about this on the weekend. Todd is, Gurley being a running back for LA. Thank you. Yeah, Sorry, LA I was just about to launch right into that. Yeah. Um, Todd Gurley sort of has like an up and down season over season. So one season he's brilliant, and then the next season he's shit, and then one season he's brilliant, and the next he's not great. Um, he had a brilliant season last year, and they're predicting him to have a down year this year. So I, he's fallen in the draft rankings. Um, I was burned in the past by him so he's not going to be my first choice mostly because I hold a grudge um and then even if that player does well I'm like whatever yeah you weren't good for me so screw you yeah um so yeah I'm not super high on Todd Gurley this year yeah all right fair I don't know if you feel differently no I don't yeah I, I this is the other thing is like players who I've never had on my team and I've never had him on my team again because we had keepers and people always kept him so he's just never been on my team so I just don't have the same like emotional connection so I'm I just don't know how this how this draft's gonna go for me this year because there's gonna be a lot of players that I've never had before so I'm gonna have to just take a chance on another player yep so we'll see what happens I guess I don't know um last up for well for positions before we get to defense and kickers, which are my favorite subject, um, is the tight end. So tight ends are, you're only going to get one of them on your team to play each week. And so they're basically, they're sort of a hybrid between um, an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. They, I was actually doing a little bit of research on their history and they sort of grew out of the fact that at some point in time previously, you weren't allowed to have as many substitutions as you can now. So people had to play everything. And then eventually that rule changed and tight end sort of grew into this like specialty position. So they're typically gigantic, but not as gigantic as some of the like linemen. They're like gigantic, but can also run. So that's basically the way you can like look at them. They're terrifying and they're also very freakishly talented. Um, They are eligible to receive the ball much like a wide receiver. Most famous one is probably Rob Gronkowski of the uh, New England Patriots fame who has since retired. Um, They are a position in fantasy where there's approximately like two good ones and then the rest of them are terrible yeah so it's always a gamble as to whether you waste an early round pick on a tight end right and frankly I have totally sold out for tight ends and Mm. I'm not even mad about it Mm. I took um I've taken Gronk I've taken Travis Kelsey so currently in 2019 Travis Kelsey is the consensus number one tight end to go with he's sitting around like 
14, 15 for average draft position overall. Plays for Kansas City. Plays for Kansas City. So he'll be with our boy, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey is, he's such a blockhead, honestly. Like he is, but I really love him. He's so talented. So um, he is the consensus number one overall tight end. And then we go way down into like the 20s or 30s before you see them pop up again. Yeah. Um, second and third for tight ends that you want to keep a note of are George Kittle, who plays for San Fran, and Zach Ertz, who plays for Philly. I've had Zach Ertz in the past. Um, he's actually great. They're obviously like, because there's such a difference between like an elite tight end, i.e. basically just Travis Kelsey and the rest of them, there's going to be a gap. So somebody will sell out for an early pick for Travis Kelsey. So my recommendation for most people is to do your research for the like second through fifth best tight ends. Cause those are the ones you're likely going to get. So unless you're all in on selling out for an early tight end pick, which good on you, do your thing, whatever speaks to you. Right. Um, it's always good to look at who two through five are going to be because after five, it like falls off a fucking cliff. Yeah. Like really bad. Yeah. And I mean, if you keep in mind that most leagues are going to have anywhere from like 10 to 12 player yes. like teams typically. And if there's only really five good tight ends, that means like five to seven of the teams are going to have extremely mediocre tight ends. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, it's certainly not a position where you should bank on getting a lot of points. No. No. You may have, a, you may luck out and have a tight end in your roster who has a huge week out of nowhere randomly wide receiver on their team gets injured or whatever and yeah. suddenly like they're the go-to for all the passes but typically that is not going to be the case so yeah. just don't have high expectations in terms of points from your tight end Travis Kelsey is going to be one of the main targets in Kansas City next to like Tyreek Hill yeah so he will get the ball a lot um it, the thing is that there's only one of him. Yeah. And there's going to be like 10 or 12 of you. So yeah. just do your, that would be the one I would say to like do your research for the lower ones. If yeah. you have questions, you're welcome to email us on it, but we're not going to spend too much time on it because it's only one position on your, your team. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving into defense. Yeah. So essentially <laughs> defense is literally you're choosing an entire team's defense. Yes. So like you're choosing like the New Orleans Saints defense. So in that you get like all the players who are on their defense. So we're not breaking down like individual defensive players um essentially the way it works points wise with defense is they always start with 10 points at the start of each game and then they can either gain or lose points from there more often than not they're going to lose points yeah they lose points by letting the other team score so let's say you've got the new orleans defense and they're playing against carolina and carolina scores 20 points over the course of the game yahoo will have a certain amount of negative points they will give your defense for allowing that many points we're not going to get into the details of it but that's it they can gain points by sacking the quarterback which is where they basically tackle the quarterback while they still have the ball in their hands they haven't thrown it or handed it off yet They get points for an interception, which we talked about before. If the quarterback throws the ball and they catch it, even though obviously it was intended for someone on the quarterback's team, they get points for that. If they recover a fumble, so again, like we said, wide receiver, tight end, uh, running back, has the ball, they're moving with it, they have possession, they, they somehow drop it, and then it gets picked up by the defense, they get points for that. Um, if a defensive player gets a touchdown, um, or, you know, a pick six, like one of oh. our segments, um, they will get points, obviously, for the touchdown. 
um, a safety is where they tackle a player in their own end zone. So like the the team that ha- that's on offense is so f- like they're basically a hundred yards from the end mm-hmm. zone. Like they're playing at the opposite end of the field for whatever reason. That's where they've ended up having the ball. If the defense tackles any player from the other team who's in possession of the ball in the end zone, they get two points for that as a safety. Um, and then, like I said, lose points based on how much the other team scores. So essentially, that's the gist of the point breakdown. Again, I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time nope. here. I think number one um, defense based on the ADP rankings right now is the Chicago Bears. I don't know if I feel strongly about that. I mean... They're expected to be good. So, I mean, it, it, who knows? The Bears had a surprisingly fantastic week last... Or week. Fantastic year last year. So, I mean, I'm sort of not surprised that they're picked number one overall. The one that I still, like, just can't get over is the fact that we consistently see the Jacksonville Jaguars as like one of the best defenses and they're shit every year. Right. I hate that team. Yeah. I literally hate them. Yep. They have like, yeah, they, they seem to have so much like hype that like, this is going to be the year they're going to turn it around. And then it never is the year that they're going to turn it around. I don't get it. Speaking of teams that I hate and have way too much hype every year, the Buffalo Bills. Oh gosh! Coming in at number three for defensive teams this year. Oh really? Um, I don't, I don't know what buy list that you're looking at, at. They're like number twelve on my list. So we're obviously looking at two different lists here. I have them literally listed third over for defense. Wow, they're yeah. twelve on this list. Um, L.A. Rams are coming in number two on my list, which that them. I that I would buy into more. Like Hundo P. if I'm if I'm choosing out of any defense, I'm probably choosing the L.A. Rams. Yeah. I absolutely love them. Um, the Vikings are also, a, in my opinion, a pretty decent pick. They have a pretty consistently good defense. Um, so I, I'm always a Vikings fan. I think the LA Rams are really the one that I would always go for. So that's just my opinion, though. Yeah. I tend to. So we're going to talk about strategy. I sell out for defense and kickers. I don't give a shit because, like, sometimes they can actually win or lose you a game. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, um, let's move into kickers. Okay, our favorite subject, and the Literally. thing that Meg truly and I bonded on as sports fans, and like I feel like without us knowing, that was like where the podcast was born. It's true, you know, our love for Justin Tucker, our love for Justin Tucker. So kickers are literally as advertised. Yep, they kick the ball. Yep, they kick the field goals and the extra points after the touchdowns. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's I literally, I don't even know how else to, like, they can't tackle to save their lives. No. So don't ever rely on them for anything besides kicking. Yeah. Um, so we'll just jump right into people who we expect to be good this year. Yeah. Um, up first in, like, the number one overalls over kickers is uh, Greg Zerlane of the LA Rams. Not surprised. He's pretty decent. I mean, he took over from our boy Justin Tucker. So, like, I'm still, Justin Tucker at heart uh, is my, like, number one choice. We do love him. Justin Tucker's a close number two, though. Plays for the Baltimore Ball. Ravens. Exactly. He is consistently fucking amazing. He's also an opera singer. <gasps> what? You didn't know that? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's a very well-rounded individual. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. As though I couldn't love him more. Right. <gasps> yeah. He sings opera? He does. Stop, Justin Tucker. I know. Uh, he's a he's a gem. All right. Well, in close third, fourth, fifth, we sort of have like a collection of people we see pretty much every year. Uh, Will Lutz of the New Orleans Saints, Harrison Butker of Kansas City, and Steven Goskowski, who also one of my faves. Right. Other than the fact that he plays for New England. Does he still? Yes. Okay. 
Um, Don't love that. Like, he's like 50 at this point, right? right? Like honestly. he's so old, but he's so good. Yeah. Steven Goskowski is so legitimately consistent that yeah. there was someone I knew who, if we had played a keeper league, would have kept him as their keeper. Right. And like, I don't even blame them. Yes. So pretty into kickers. I mean, I'm not going to go and like draft a kicker super, super early. No. Um, you know, kickers kind of. Well, again, we'll get into the we'll get into the strategy. Well, we are in strategy now. All right, fine. Let's just jump right in. Let's do it. Um, So, I mean, everyone has their own strategy for how they want to do fantasy football. Really, anything is right if you just want to follow the ADP, and every time it's your turn, you just want to draft whoever Yahoo tells you is the next best player. By all means, but make sure you keep track of how many of each player you have. You don't want to end the draft and suddenly you're like, oh shoot, I never actually drafted a tight end. Yes. Right? So you still like, while you're going through, you probably want to either write down with a pen and paper, which seems kind of old school, or take note in your phone of like what positions you've drafted. So you make sure you at least fill all your spots. If you're doing it on your computer, it'll actually have like a little, like there's a sidebar where your your team will fill in as you're doing it. Right. So you can like let yourself... Um, keep track like that right. but yes 100% do not draft too many of one position so that you don't fill your whole team exactly um, I mean yeah most people try to you like draft the skilled players first which yes. would be the wide receivers and the running backs because that's who you have the most of on your team so that's where the bulk of your points are going to come from cumulatively so you kind of want to get them off first also with something someone like running backs there tends to be like and like it's much like tight ends there's like an elite group and then it sort of falls off a bit so if you can be someone who can take from like an elite group then you're it they're pretty consistent in how many points they get you know like a running one of the elite running backs isn't in theory going to get you like negative points every week correct um one of the other things that i would highly recommend you consider doing is keeping track of bye weeks because what you wanted so in when you're drafting you're going to see oftentimes that there's going to be a little number beside the player's name that number is the week that their team is on a bye meaning that they aren't playing so what happens is if you draft too many players playing in the same bye week you have to make sure that you can replace them with either people on your bench or people you can pick up week to week but basically you can't play that player in that week so if you have like five of your eight players on your team on a bye week at the same time, you're fucked. Right. Also, like, you want to try and spread out what teams you're drafting players from. You don't want to have, like, four players on your roster from the same team because that team can only get so many points and they have to be spread out amongst the team. So, like, it just kind of limits you in terms of your ability to get points. So you want to try to have a bit of a, like split diversity yeah diversity among the different teams um a lot of the details around like you know picking up players and dropping players and whatever we'll get into that as the season starts like right now you know we're really just focusing on what you need to know for the draft so i think the bye week is a good point um also i will say some people's some people really like to draft a quarterback and their top wide receiver together so like someone like so Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, I've seen people draft the two of them together because if they're hot and DeAndre Hopkins is the number one receiver, they can connect a lot of points together. Right. But there's risk with that exactly. versus diversifying. Right. Also, speaking of sorry, I'm going to interrupt you no, for a that's second. Fine. Speaking of things that you don't want to pair together, try not to pair um, a defense with a quarterback that are playing each other on the same week. 
because as the quarterback does better, your defense is going to lose points. Or if your defense is doing really well, your quarterback's going to have a shit week. Right. So that's something that's a more week to week though, because it doesn't really matter where you, like you're going to draft probably a defense that's going to play that quarterback potentially, or the quarterback's going to play that defense. Right. But it's just like in the week that they play each other, you you would switch switch it out. out. Yeah. So we would, we will probably get into that more as the season goes. Um, Typically, a lot of people, like, wait to draft their defenses, wait to draft yeah. their kickers. Um, I mean, Tinelle is somebody who likes to, like, jump jump the gun and get the defense she wants, get the kicker she wants. I sell which out. Which is totally fine. I don't even care. I'm so shameless about it. I fully sell out for a kicker in defense because if I get the number one kicker and the number one defense, yeah, I may not have the number one ride, uh, running back. But I have two te- or two positions that consistently get me, like, double-digit numbers. Right. So like, that's just my strategy because I'm very much a person who likes to have things like very harmoniously even. I like when all my positions are all doing something equally well versus having like one really amazing running back and then shit other players. Exactly. So that's just me. Yeah, everyone has different thoughts on it. I mean, I'll reach a little bit if I'm gonna get Justin Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, But otherwise, like if someone else takes him, then I'm pretty much like, okay, whatever. I'll just wait it out and see when I get who I get. Um, Defense, I've never really had like a strong feeling towards defenses. So um, that's not really something I reach for either. Like I just feel like there's enough of them that are like decent that it'll be fine. So, you know, everyone sort of does their own thing. There are a lot of people who also, you'll hear the term like, like defense by committee. And that basically means that like you have no real strong inkling towards even attempting to get a defense early on. So all you're going to do is week to week, pick up who you think is the best for whatever matchup you're looking for. Right. Because there are, remind me how many teams in the league? 32. So 32 teams in the league. And if there's only 10 players in our fantasy league, that leaves 22 defenses that aren't being played. Now people may keep a defense on their bench. So maybe there'd be less than Mm -hmm. 22, but there will be a decent amount of defense that'll still just be available for you to pick up at any time. So Mm -hmm. that's why you're able to kind of run that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Okay. Well, I feel like that's sort of it. I think at this point we sort of have to leave it to everyone to just check in with us with questions. If you have anything specific, because I kind of think we've covered the basics. Um, and we've also gone way over time. Oh so my I, God, so far over time. I think we're going to have to leave reality review for this week, unfortunately, again. Um, because it just, we're not going to have time to get into that. No, we had a lot of stuff to talk about for fantasy. So yeah. um, if you have any questions, email us at cleatsandcocktails or gmail.com or DM us on uh, Instagram, cleatsandcocktails, Twitter, cleatscocktails. We're happy to answer fantasy questions. If there's even like sleeper picks, which we didn't even talk about. No. Sleeper picks being like people who are really far down in their draft ranking, but could actually be really good for you um if you want to talk about someone who you think is a sleeper pick send us an email also to be honest we don't know when we're recording next week but there is a chance that we record the episode before the draft happens so we could still fit in a little bit more detail next week but send us your questions yeah definitely um don't forget to rate review subscribe favorite depending on which uh, platform you are listening on and we will talk to you again next week bye guys Cheers. cheers